On this week's episode of Two Views Movies, we're traveling back in time and space to review 1997's Event Horizon, sponsored by the Buffalo Funds. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And we're doing a retro review today. We are randomly picking, truly random, 1997's Event Horizon. Yeah, we're going to do something a little different this year after the Event Horizon, right? Yep. We're going to do, all of our retros are going to be a six-degree separation. From this movie, which gives us some very interesting ways to go. Yeah, there there will be some paths that we can definitely go down. Although a little limited on on cast, I think. I mean, I feel like you got to kind of keep it to like main cast people. Like we can't be, you know, taking a random extra and going off of that. But uh, a, a pretty small cast for this movie, and the director leaves not much to be desired as well. Yeah, he's he's got a uh, interesting filmography. <laughs> That's putting it very, very <laughs> nicely. All right, well, let's go ahead and just dive in to Event Horizon. In 2047, a group of astronauts are sent to investigate and salvage the starship Event Horizon, which disappeared mysteriously seven years before on its maiden voyage. With its return, the crew of the Lewis and Clark discovers the real truth behind the disappearance of the Event Horizon and something even more terrifying. Directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, who has done Alien vs. Predator, I think the entire Resident Evil series, the Death Race remake, Mortal Kombat, and a few others that we probably don't have to mention. Yeah, that doesn't, you know, wet your palate. I don't know what <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And the cast, Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, Kathleen Quinlan, Jolie Richardson, Richard T. Jones, and Jack Noseworthy. Um, so I guess a little bit more background about how we landed on this. We were trying to figure out what in the world we wanted to do for a retro uh, checked out some streaming, checked out what you've got, you know, waiting in your stack of movies that you need to watch. I dove into my letterbox watch list and we kind of threw everything together and event horizon, uh, popped out being the one that we picked. Uh, I Rose will say, to the top. <laughs> yeah. I wish it was the cream of the crop, but we had talked about this recently. Um, you had it, I think on your top five horror movie concepts, right? Um, no. Was no. it an honorable mention on that? No, just one of my. Uh, it was not on any list that I've made. But wow, okay, I thought I, it was. I do, I do think it's one of the better horror movies made. Okay, um, but that was not on that on that list. Okay, I thought this came up in context of one of our episodes, and I thought that was it. I didn't go back and listen, but I feel like it came up because then I added it to my watch list, and I, I knew that you had at least spoken highly of it. Um, so that's why it was there. You are the sole reason Event Horizon was on my watch list. Good. That makes makes me proud. Uh, I'm not so sure you should feel feel proud after my viewing experience. Well, before we get to your opinions, we uh, have to have a word from our sponsor. 
This episode is sponsored by the Buffalo Funds, a family of mutual funds based here in Kansas City. When the stock market goes down, it may be a great time to contribute to your individual retirement account or IRA. Don't wait until the end of the year. To get your free IRA investing report, go to buffalofunds.com backslash podcast. You can open up an account online directly with the Buffalo Funds and choose from their mix of U.S., international, dividend, or income funds. That's buffalofunds.com backslash podcast. The fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses must be considered carefully before investing. The summary and statutory prospectuses contain this and other important information about the investment company may be attained by calling 800-492-8332 or visiting buffalofunds.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual fund investing involves risk. Principal loss is possible. The Buffalo Funds are distributed by Quasar Distributors, LLC. So thank you, Buffalo Funds, for sponsoring this episode. Absolutely. So let's, uh, let's, let's dive in here. And uh, I take it by your teaser that you are not impressed. No. This is the first time you've seen Event Horizon? No. Okay. I, but it's been the first time in, uh, I mean, what, it came out in 97? So, you know, 20-plus years because I, I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters back in the day, and I didn't like it. So it's one really? of those that, yeah, yeah, it's one of those I, that I had in my head that, okay, I didn't like it, but, I mean, you know, 1997 Garrett is a very different person than 2020 Garrett. So maybe it's one of those things where I had different expectations or whatever. I've seen so many more movies since then that I would have an appreciation for it. That, that was kind of my mindset going into it because knowing what it is and knowing what it's about, um, it, it's kind of in my wheelhouse a little bit. So I was hoping I'd like it more. Yeah. 1997, this movie terrified me. I saw this in theaters. It absolutely terrified me. Like from the you know in the theater you're sitting there the the, the jump scares work the uh, the claustrophobia works the um, Hellraiser esque of this movie works like all of it like it's in space you know being like nothing about space is inviting to me at all like if <laughs> sure. you said hey let's go to the moon we have a free ticket I'd say no and then there's too many things wrong that can go wrong in space and this is another you add this to the list. And just yeah. one more thing. You could have a interdimensional demon coming after you. <laughs> and so um just it just everything works for me as far as the concept of this movie and it it just terrified me as uh I guess what were we? We were sophomores in high school, juniors, yeah. sophomores. Yeah. See, I didn't think any of it worked. Um I like the concept a lot. The the idea as written on paper is completely fine. It's just in execution. Um, man, I just couldn't disagree more. I didn't think any of the jump scares worked. I didn't think it was even really all that scary or creepy um, up until the point where it, it does go kind of full Hellraiser, and then it just sort of feels like we're going for shock value as opposed to any kind of natural, you know, naturally generated terror. Like, I, I just I didn't really feel a whole lot in this movie at all. Um, it felt cheesy and hokey at times, and I'm not talking about the effects because I can I can forgive the effects for pe- what they were trying to do in 1997. It's just, um, I, I don't know. I feel like space horror movies have been done better, and this one just kind of floated on through. I, I, I don't know. I, I was very unmoved by the whole thing. Floated on through, pun intended. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I agree. The, uh, the effects didn't quite hold up as well as I thought. Um, but again, in 1997 of, you know, floating stuff did not look like it should be floating. Right. 
Yeah. But you but, can't uh, hold that against the movie. I mean, 97 is when everybody was trying to do CGI and nobody really should have been doing CGI. So, I, and I didn't think they abused it. If anything, it was more like, you know how when you watch a 3D movie and they make things float and you're like, okay, clearly that's supposed to be for the people that were watching this in 3D. I mean, that's kind of what they were going for, but at least they weren't doing... Like, none of the space scenes were, like, overly terribly CGI. It was mainly just, like, what you said, like, the floating stuff that they would just add in for no reason. Well, because you had to feel like you were in space. Of course. And the anti, or the gravity wasn't on yet. Right. So, <laughs> but no, it's, uh, like, this is what, like, a Hellraiser movie should have been. Like, Hellraiser movies are not good, but the concept is good. And that's where we talked about Hellraiser um, in our, you know, best concepts that very poor execution that's that's hellraiser and this is kind of like a bridge to a good movie um they didn't go as far as i would have liked them to have gone with that but i thought really fit for this movie yeah uh yes yes and no i mean i i see what you're saying but overall it's just hard for me to say that anything worked on this movie uh, even though i see and somewhat agree with that point so even though I dislike the the villain is your worst fear, I hate that because I feel like it's a cop out. Um, I dislike that uh, in in horror movies. Oh, it's oh it's your friend who died and now is back, and only that only affects you. You know, it doesn't affect the audience type of thing. Right, uh, it affects that character. I think I, I hate that. Uh, but this movie, it's it starts with that, but then it gives you Sam as the Hellraiser guy. And so I view him as, I know it's the ship that's evil, but he ends up being the the bad guy. And so I, I kind of forgive it for, for that piece of it. But I'm glad that they actually had something sustainable to, to grab onto. Yeah. Uh, the whole, um, you know, ship is alive and doing all that stuff is, yeah, you're right. It's just kind of horror movie cop out. I, I don't mind Sam being the bad guy or like I guess the embodiment of the evil that the ship has become or whatever but I felt like his transition to that was really clumsy like it didn't really explain it like he's kind of normal doctor for you know the first half of the movie and then I remember in particular there's just this one moment where I'm not even sure if he's on the event horizon yet I think he's on the other ship and he starts having these visions and then all of a sudden he's just starting to act creepy and stuff. Like there's no real, I don't know. It just feels like somebody flipped a switch. Like, okay, now it's time for Sam to be the bad guy and the ship's going to have start to possess him. But they, th- there needed to be, I think some sort of moment or build up to that, but it just felt like arbitrary how they made him start becoming evil. So, you know, I was thinking that too. Um, the movie starts with him having visions of this thing. You know, he built it. Right. You know, so you could say that at some point in time, you know, he's connected or something to this. But he, uh, I know it hasn't gone to hell and back yet, but maybe something when he built it. So he had he had a vision or a dream of this uh, before they even got there. And then uh, kind of when it's banging on the door, you know, he's like, open the door. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, there's, there's something wrong with Sam from the get-go. And I had always thought that his wife was on the event horizon. Oh. You know, and he was going yeah. there to try to find her, but he never quite told people that um, for some reason of why he was so invested in finding the crew. Um, 
but that's not true at all. She killed herself back home. You know, uh, yes, right. In the tub. Yes, yeah. And so I, I kept waiting for that. I was like, wait, why wouldn't they know already? Um, and then there's a there's a bunch of that. Why wouldn't they they know stuff? You know, movie logic of you got this transmission and nobody on Earth speaks Latin or knows what Latin is, but you, yeah. the one guy in space happens to know Latin. Well, did they get that transmission back on Earth, or did they just get it on the ship? I couldn't. I don't think they specified. Did they? <clears throat> oh, I thought they got the uh, the transmission on Earth. That's why they went out there. That's true. They did. And yeah, I guess you can assume it's that. Yeah, nobody bothered to they could nobody bothered to decipher it and run it through all the filters to <laughs> clean it up. To, yeah, exactly. You got to clean it up. But I did like the when they first played it and it was all screaming, and then the the one guy goes, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> like, like that's that's exactly the reactions you expect from people screaming and being you know sounding like they're being torn apart and like why were, why are we coming out here if that's the message that we got right. Yeah, that um, that also felt very ad astra to me, right? Like ship goes out, ship goes missing, reappears, starts sending signals back. Uh, not to say that ad astra was trying to be event horizon, but there's just some par- <laughs> right. There's just some parallels there that I was like, oh, okay, well that that's basically like kind of the setup of ad astra. Yeah, and I, and I like the idea that they they flew out to Neptune and then they decided to test this black hole. Right, and it make, makes sense that you would not do that close to Earth. Even though, if it is a black hole, it's not going to matter. Right. And, and there were some logistical problems I had with some of the space stuff. Like, I couldn't tell if the event horizon was in space or in the Neptune's atmosphere because it was surrounded by a bunch of clouds and lightning. So I was like, well, that's weird. And then at the end, when the black hole shows up and it consumes the event horizon, it's like in the planet Neptune or something like that. I don't know. It just didn't look right. Well, I don't know how these gas giants work, if it's the same <laughs> as, you know, Earth's atmosphere. True. We have kind of a defining moment, or if it's just a big ball of gas like that. I don't know. Don't. That's not me. Yeah. So. And I'm not here to pick apart Event Horizon for, you know, space technicality or correctness, but I did appreciate how Sam Neill explains black holes and wormholes in the same way that every science fiction movie ever does which is you know the piece of paper and punch the pen through it like i feel like that happens in almost every wormhole type movie did they do it first (laughs) i don't know maybe they did i have no idea we'd have to do some digging to figure that one out i do remember that that's the first time i'd ever seen that demonstration but yes i have seen it many times i just can't put my finger on on what movies it was i know it's done in interstellar for sure well they clearly ripped off uh, yeah, Event Horizon was just leading the pack on that. <laughs> uh, speaking of terrible things this movie does, what did you think about the uh, the jetpack ride back from... Uh... I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> well, Again, the like Yes, the fact that he got he was rocketed out of there as fast as he was. Like, he got far away from Neptune, uh-huh. like, quickly. And the fact that he rocketed back as equally as quickly, like, that was a bad scene. Yeah, I'll give you that. I I don't think it's necessarily a bad scene. I just think the proportions was was way off. Oh, for sure. And then him screaming whatever he was screaming the entire time. I can't remember exactly what he said. It was it was supposed to be cool for sure, but it just felt cheesy. Well, in '97, it was cool. Oh, I'm sure it was. I I in speaking of, uh, I did like the scroll at the beginning where 2015 we have uh, colonized the moon. Yeah. It's and, always hilarious to see those. And, I mean, this is 97, so 
I mean, that, that was a pretty rushed, rushed schedule. Yeah. Especially since we hadn't been back to the moon in like 20 years, even by that point. <laughs> right. Right. They, they thought that we we're really going to ramp it up and people are going to be living on the moon in that short of time. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the other thing around that time that severely bothered me was after the dude jetpacks back to the event horizon, um, we, we've had several uh, conversations in this movie at this point about depressurization. And even one guy tried to kill himself with depressurization. Uh, and and Lawrence Fishburne saved him, whatever, it gets put in a stasis chamber. But then at the end, we just, the movie wants to just ignore all of the depressurization talk that we've had. And when Sam Neill shoots the guy through the glass because he has no eyes, so he just shoots randomly, which is stupid, um, it depressurizes that whole chamber. But instead of everybody just instantaneously dying, we get like a typical movie scene where you know, the wind's just sucking everybody out and they're trying to hold on and save that. I, I mean, if you're going to, like, just pick one set of rules and play by it. Like, either you can survive depressurization or you can't. Well, I took it that it was pulling from the entire ship. And so, eventually, it would do that. But because the rest of the ship was still pressurized, that that it was okay. I don't know. I... I... I feel like it would not be survivable in that regard, but maybe, I mean, I don't know enough to know about it. I just feel like if you're going to, if you're going to play up those angles, like, cause I feel like it comes up several times um, on the context of both ships that they're on the, the Lewis and Clark and the event horizon that maybe find a different way for the bad guy to go out than that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of blowing them out the, the hatch. I mean, that's, that's been done. Uh, <laughs> right. Exactly. That it's a, uh, I don't. I don't see anything wrong with what they. It may have lasted a little longer than it probably should have. Um, him trying to get her through. Sure. But, but I don't know how fast a a ship the size of Event Horizon depressurizes <laughs> before they can yeah. seal it up. I don't think either of us are capable of doing those calculations. <laughs> I'm just trying to get it to to one. I guess not go with the cop out endings. I agree with you that like that's all been done before. But then to like just try to kind of adhere to. To what's happening because if if that one dude's blood like starts basically boiling and his eyes start bursting before the chamber is even fully depressurized i gotta feel like there'd be some sort of effects from the hole being breached in that room but that's just a little room that's just a little room i'm just saying it, it, you have to admit the whole thing was bad like he he's gonna shoot fish burn but he doesn't have eyes larry even says like you're gonna try and shoot me and you're gonna destroy the whole thing and then he doesn't do that, but then he shoots at the guy who comes flying up. Like, I don't know. Like, you'd think if, if Sam is like this embodiment of evil, that even though he doesn't have eyes, he'd be capable of, I don't know, sensing something. Cause they kind of, I mean, he's still able to like pick people up. He grabs that one girl by the throat, all that stuff. Like, just seems like his lack of eyes shouldn't be that big of a problem for the embodiment of evil. Well, maybe an astrophysicist can come on <laughs> and let us know. About we'll get that pressurization out. of of ships and how that works, <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, no, I I liked I liked the eye gouge out, you know, and where we're going, you don't need eyes, you know. Yeah, I, that I, was I, terrible. <laughs> I, I, I liked all that. I liked all that. I liked the way he looks when his eyes are gouged out. I liked the way he looks when he comes back, but I wish he didn't have eyes. You know, oh right, but yeah. When when sure. the ship brought him back and then he's bald and and all cut up, I. I don't know why he's bald, but I'm fine with that, you know, uh, but leave the eyes out. That's kind of the thing, right? Nobody had eyes. They all ripped out their eyes. 
Right. And so, so why does Sam at the end have eyes? But at that point, is he really even Sam? I mean, I don't, because he starts out as, as the fire the, guy. Yeah, as the fire guy that Lord, uh, Lawrence Fishburne couldn't rescue. So I, I, is he just a vision at that point? I guess he's whatever those people were. Yeah, because he's not a vision, I guess. He, cause, but you can feel uh, the heat. Well, that and he's hitting them with the CO2 canisters or oxygen canisters, whatever those things were. So, I mean, he, he's able to be hit. But, yeah, I, I don't know what he is at that point. Yeah, and I also didn't like that uh, they needed 25 to survive. And they clearly didn't get 25. No. Yet they survived. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just, I feel like they didn't care at that point. But then again, they could have been rescued well short of Earth. We don't know. That. Yeah, we don't. We don't, we don't know, know where, where they were found. And then Event Horizon killed all of them. Uh, it could be. I mean, the doors closed for some reason. And then, yeah, I didn't know the, what to make of that. That's the ship alive. I mean, that's kind of what I took it as. I didn't know if it was just meant to be like a cool shot to end the movie, or if that was the Event Horizon still being alive. I think it's still alive and still killing people, huh? floating around, wait, waiting for a sequel. <laughs> great. But I guess the, uh, the dimensional portal it. it it left. Yeah, unless it comes back. Yeah, it could come back. I don't see why not. No. Sam's still there. He knows how to make it run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, fine and idea, Larry. right? L- Larry's there, too. <laughs> it's a good idea. I mean, it's, you, you don't know what's going to happen. I do think that the Sam stuff would have made a little bit more sense had he been around when the the what do they call that? The engine had been turned on the first time, but I, I think we're led to believe that the first time they ever turned it on was out by Neptune. So I, I, I would have liked, I could have understood it more if he had had more of a connection to it, but I, it, by all intents and purposes, it sounds like he designed it, but was not there when it was activated. So I don't get the whole connection there, but conceptually trying to do black hole travel to go to the nearest star and it ends up taking you to a different dimension that's a very, very cool concept that I think they could have done a lot with. I just think maybe in different scriptwriter hands or different director hands that something better could have been done with this because I, I laughed a lot during the movie at, at just sort of the cheesiness of it all and just never really felt scared at any point in time. And even when the, the evil stuff, the imagery and stuff started coming up, it wasn't even scared. It was more just like, Ugh, okay. It wasn't necessarily... The, when they showed them, like the fire guy or his wife or the kid, um, but the kid scraping on the the outside of the, <laughs> what was that, the cover in the med bay? Uh-huh. Like, that's creepy when all the lights right. are shutting off when he's in that in that tunnel and then his wife appears. Like, it's it's more the the atmosphere before they show that guy or before they show her before they show the kid you know it's like it's creepy like something's happening around and then yeah once you see okay it's her kid which is kind of creepy it's less creepy Mm -hmm. um or when you see Lawrence Fishburne looking around like something's happening here you know I'm hearing this voice you know that part's creepy then you see you see the human torch and you're you're less you're less scared right see his wife and I know you're supposed to be terrified of her eyes being gouged up but that CGI was not that great, and so it just looked like she had red eyes. Yeah, but um, like when we saw her, it wasn't as terrifying. But him being claustrophobic in that little tube and the lights going everywhere—I thought those were great scenes. Uh, they, and they scare me. Okay, well, it we just must have different 
uh, takes on what is scary because I, I don't know if it's just the uh, the rest of the movie that like the look and style and feel and the way that it's shot that just didn't lead me to be scared in any of those moments or even really think that they were scary. Um, maybe I was just, I was just taken out of it so that I wasn't even really in the, the mindset of feeling like I'm about to be scared or that I should be scared. I mean, sure. Like the, the kids scraping on the inside of the tent that, that in and of itself was like a, a, a good idea for being scary. But I think because of what was happening all leading up to that and how I was already feeling about the movie at that point was just sort of like, okay, well, whatever. You're just so tough. You can't be scared anymore. <laughs> no, it's just that <laughs> Alien, which I've seen a whole bunch, like still instills a lot of terror, even though I know what's going to happen. It's just like the way that it's shot and filmed. But this this one didn't do that. This felt like it could have just as easily been a um, like just a random generic sci-fi movie, the way that it was shot like that. I don't know. The one we saw with like Guy Pierce years ago. I don't know why, like Lockout or something. Like just something super generic but then you're trying to put horror elements in it. And like, because the way that it's all assembled is so generic, I don't really feel horror ish when you try to get to those moments. So it's like, you need to do something to keep that mood and that feel and that suspense going the whole time so that you keep the person locked into that horror feel. And I just didn't feel like this movie did that. And that's funny. You mentioned that about alien because alien doesn't really scare me. Oh, see, we just have two different, uh, I think it's cool. And I like the alien. I like it ripping out of his chest. But I've I've never like, oh, I'm scared watching this, or I'm scared for them. It's more, to me, it's more like an action movie of them, a monster movie. But mm, not the I first just, one I for just, me. Aliens for sure is like yeah. That. Alien for me is like I can mm. sense and feel like the terror just coming out of the screen. So I think yeah, that just probably explains a lot about our two different approaches to horror. Interesting. Yeah. Are we running out of things to say? I think we're running out of things to say on Event Horizon. <laughs> All right. I am Thor, son of Odin. As long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Are you ready? Well, I'm sure we're going to be pretty far off on our ratings, but uh, why don't you go first? All right. I gave it a four. Jeez. We are in the horror genre, and this is always always scared me. This is just a, this is a scary movie. If you watch it in the right environment, this is just scary. How much are you holding on to being scared as a kid here? Um, I like the concept. I like the execution. I mean, yes, there are some scenes I would omit because they're, yes, some are cheesy, but I, I feel like it's around one character. I feel like the rocketing away, it's mm-hmm. all around his, his kind of attitude about stuff. But I don't think it takes away from the movie. I feel like most movies have somebody who's like that, uh, especially in the 90s. For sure. And so I, I forget for that and the uh, the effects on the floating stuff, but none of the um, scary parts I felt, I thought were uh, were done poorly. And it's just, uh, you know, the Latin and the people tearing out their eyes and just the, the horror of, of what happened to these people and going to a hell dimension. I, I like all that. All that. It works for me. Okay. Um, and we're, we're in a horror space genre here. So yeah. That's uh, in that genre. It gets, uh, it gets a four. Yeah. I don't think by any sense of any sort of calculation should this movie ever be a four. Um, I, I just, I couldn't in good conscience 
do that. There's, it's just not constructed well enough on any level to me to be a four. I feel like there's two things at play here. I think there's one, um, clearly you and I have different opinions on what is scary to each of us, which is fine. That's normal, mm-hmm. which I think is going to affect the score. But then I think, For sure. I think you are carrying nostalgic terror from when you were a kid and the fact that you liked the movie and thought it was scary then, I think that that carries a lot of weight when you come to watch it now because I didn't like it when I was a kid and I didn't think it was scary when I was a kid. And even I, I was trying to reset my mind out of that and, and come into it with an open mind, but clearly I guess there's pieces of me that have not changed. So I don't have that feeling of, because I, I w- I'd have to imagine, I have to think about movies that maybe scared me as a kid. I got to feel like, like psychologically deep down when you watch that movie, even 20 years later, there's something happening in your head where like, you know that that scared you as a kid and it's still kind of underlying scaring you now because it scared you as a kid. No, I, I I bet there's something to that, but also it's about your um, attitude going into a movie because there is no scary movie that could scare you. If you're going in with the mindset of this is a joke. You know, oh, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think you could sit down and watch a scary movie if you're planning on making fun of it, you know, as you're watching it. Oh, I completely disagree with that. Totally uh, disagree. I don't think you can do it. No. I don't think. I guess like, okay, well, oh, this guy. Is that the only genre you think that that can happen to? Because how's that any different than going into a movie thinking this isn't going to be funny and then it's funny? Or this is going to be stu- sucky and boring, but then it actually ends up being very action-packed and cool. Like, are you just saying horror is the only one that you can't do that No, with? I'm, I'm saying if you go in that, like, this isn't going to be funny, you might get a chuckle or you might even get a jump scare. But it, but it is about a mindset going into it. Uh, if you're allowing yourself to laugh versus if you're like, this is going to be stupid. I want nothing to do with this movie. Uh, they might get you here and there, but you're not going to overly enjoy that comedy. Uh, same with, with the horror movie. It's allow yourself to be you know, engrossed into the movie and, and be scared. Or if I, you're sit, just sitting there and you're like, oh, well, that's stupid because of this, then you're not going to be scared about it. Well, I think that's... Uh, sure, anybody could sit there and just cross their arms and be like, I'm just not going to enjoy this movie no matter what. And then even, you know, possibly even lie about it at the end and say, I didn't really like this, even though they did. But I think movies that are good or solid or even obviously great uh, have, have the ability to overcome that. I mean, there's been so many movies I've walked into where I did not think I was going to like it. I didn't think it was going to be funny. I didn't think it was going to be scary. I thought it was going to be stupid. And it ends up not doing that at all. It ends up actually winning me over. So I... I think, but but it took more to do that than if you would have came in with more of an open mind. Well, sure, but that's I mean, we all see trailers. We all have expectations for what we think a movie is going to be. I mean, what did we talk about with uh, Bad Boys for Life when we talked about that? Like this felt like work going into it, right? Like Mm -hmm. you are going to have everybody unless you just don't have any trailers or you don't know any of the actors or don't know the director everybody's always going to have some level of expectations going into a movie and it's the movie's responsibility to try and win you over on those and i think it is perfectly capable of doing that so what was your rating two a two yeah i don't like this in the horror genre yeah i i still come on I don't like this movie. I don't it I already told you several times. It, it's a horror movie that I didn't really feel scared about, that I thought was cheesy, that I thought had an had a decent idea at its core but did nothing to really work on that idea. Um it it 
felt like it just ended up relying on you know gory stuff at the end to make up for its lack of scares. Um, the acting is just kind of flatline across the whole thing. The dialogue leaves not much to be desired. I mean, I'm not a big horror movie guy anyways, and I tend to like horror movies that I guess are still good movies, and I, I don't, I'm not very forgiving of the horror genre, but this just did absolutely nothing for me. I mean, I laughed at several points during the movie, and I wanted to like this movie because, you know me, I'm a space movie geek, and the fact that you could take like a space movie and add a black hole and then layer in some horror to it to kind of change the genre, that should be in my wheelhouse. So the fact that I don't like this movie uh, should speak a lot because I really should like this movie. Would you like to see this be remade? Oh, for sure. I think somebody could do a great job of this. I mean, the idea is there. I mean, there's so much more you could do with it, but it just felt very lackluster and very straightforward. Like, we got the most generic director and the most generic writer and took this concept that was good, and that's what they did to it. I definitely think you could make this uh, more moody, more dark. Uh, you, you could do a lot with it, and... That, that's actually what's kind of frustrating about it because I should like it and I don't. And I like the concept behind it. Just wish it was better. So as far as your favorite part then? My favorite part is going to be something that I laughed out loud at. And that was uh, <laughs> when the lady was chasing her son at the end, the vision of her son. And she just falls into a well or that big shaft that's right in front of her. I, that was hilarious to me. Like, you, you could not see this giant hole right in front of you. Like, you just fell down a 50-foot well or whatever and then died because you could not see a big gaping hole in front of you. Like, that's the kind of stuff where, you know, I can kind of look past her chasing a vision of her son because I do think it's kind of stupid that the ship's making you see visions. I don't really like that angle. But, like, have her go out in a little bit of a better way than just falling down a shaft. Or, like I said earlier, have them go out in a little bit better way than like the shooting through the window that causes the depressurization. Those are very stupid things that if they had maybe corrected how they died, then you know maybe it starts to lift the movie a little bit. But I just, that that was so stupid. So stupid, yet your favorite moment. Yeah, because I didn't like this movie, and everything else is just so... Like, there, nothing... These are very backhanded compliments yeah. here. I didn't think there was anything cool about this movie, other than the concept. And they didn't really have a cool moment with that. Like, I think that there could have been a cool moment when the dude was touching the black hole, but they didn't really do anything with it. He just kind of went in and he kind of came back out. But so that wasn't really all that cool. Because you didn't know what hell was yet. Well, no, but I mean, I'm just saying even visually, that could have been a cool moment, but it, it really wasn't. Limited by the time <laughs> and the effects. Okay, so I'm interested. What, what was your favorite moment then? Well, I, I really loved... Sam Neill as a bad guy. And is that so, a moment? Well, he gets to that moment, yes. Okay. Let me finish, sir. <laughs> uh, the, so when he rips his eyes out, and he's you know all cut up, and just, just that him embodying that is my favorite part of the movie. Him embodying the evil, because you know Dr. Grant is not an evil character. And Sam Neill never really plays a villain. Uh, except in this movie, and he may. Adam, Adam scrolled through his filmography to see if he plays a villain anywhere else, but he's always kind of the good guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really like him as the bad guy. And he kind of teeters at the beginning, but then he goes obviously full full bad guy, and I and I, and I like that. I like him as that, and I like the way they did it because he looks 
he haunts my dreams. So <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, that's my favorite part when he goes full on hell mode. Yeah, I thought a lot about that too, especially in terms of casting. I mean, they clearly were going for a guy who's believable as a good guy doctor that you wouldn't necessarily see coming as the bad guy, even though he's not the bad guy. But yeah, he looked like he invented this. Right. Yep. He can talk that way. Yeah. Yep. Well, what's one thing you would change? Um, well, I already mentioned this a little bit earlier that I wish he would have kept his eyes pulled out at the end. <laughs> okay. Um, but also, I wish there were more uh, hell dimension components to it. Yeah. Uh, so, I went, again, that's the problem with Hellraiser. Uh, they just don't do that well enough. Um, that's why I want that rebooted. But that's the, that's the part that that interests me the most of their, you get flashes of people with, you know, with barbed wire around them and ripping themselves. I mean, I don't want to see, you know, torture porn stuff, but right. it's, uh, but I feel like that's such a cool concept of let's, let's see what that's like. Is it just people just being tortured in an entire dimension? Right. You know, is somebody in charge of this? Is there, you know, I, I want more, of that, and I know this is not the movie to explore that, but at least you can kind of give a, a taste of what that's like. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. That That's arguably the most interesting part of the whole movie is the fact that the black hole takes them to a dimension of hell, and you don't really get a sense for what that is other than these like really quick burst images um, and, and the fact that the ship is somehow like sentient. Like I feel like you, you took that concept of traveling to hell and then brought it back in like terrible forms of just like quick flashes and a sentient ship. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, you're, you're kind of leaving out the part that makes this all interesting. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But it's there. It's like that underlying feeling of, okay, the ship's crew killed themselves because of what they saw. And uh, the guy wanted to jettison himself out into space because he's not going back there. And it's like mm-hmm. in him now. Um, you can't unsee those things, and so I, I, I like that. Like that, you know, as an audience, that could that could go both ways. You know, right. you show it, you're like, mm, that's pretty dumb, or <laughs> right. you know, you, you you flash it, and you're building your imagination of of what that hell is like. Um, but that's, uh, yeah, that that could go really stupid, especially in 1997. Right. Yeah, I, I feel like better writers could have done something to. Like, I'm not saying you had to go to that dimension and show it, but maybe, like, there's a section of the ship that somehow is, like, still manifested itself as a portion of that dimension. And so when you go there, you mm. get a sense for what that is, you know? Like, I would almost rather do something like that instead of just, like, these quick burst flashes where it's just, yeah, like you said, like, torture porn being, like, okay, I, I get that, but, like, what what is it really? So Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of people in barbed wire, entire <laughs> dimension. Yep. <laughs> apparently everything <laughs> well there's a lot there is a lot for you sure get, you get one all right? okay well i just said that at least from a story standpoint you should have been given more of a direct tie-in or explanation as to why sam neil starts going crazy or why he wants to start allowing the ship to do what it's going to do because i just don't feel like that was there. I mean, I know he was seeing visions of his wife, but I'm not sure it makes sense given the context of, yeah, he designed the engine, but he wasn't really there when it turned on. He hasn't experienced the hell dimension. So why, why would it matter to him? Um, I mean, I think it'd be one thing if like his wife was, you know, explicitly trying to lead him to go do that. Like if we're going to have visions in there, 
then, you know, she could be talking to him about coming back to be with me more. You know what I mean? Like, I just felt like I, I like the idea of Sam Neill being good and then Sam Neill being bad. I just felt like that transition needed to be much more effective than what it was because it really just felt like it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, it would have made a lot more sense had she been on the ship. Right. And she had gone to the Hell Dimension. He yes. He was trying to find her, and then to be together again, he needs to go to the Hell Dimension right. type of thing. Like, that's that makes more sense to me versus her killing herself, and that's his worst nightmare. Like, right. I, uh, more, he's, he's there seeking her, you know, at the risk of everybody else. You right. Know, he, he doesn't care because this is, this is the way I can be with my wife again. And that's if it's in hell, it's in hell. Yeah, you know, and it, she's leading him down that path. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, but, but even then, like if you have the setup of what they do, which is that sh- she killed herself, so everybody's haunted by like their worst grief, I guess, or worst mistake. Like you could still have her spur him on to be the one to rectify it. I just felt like as an audience, I don't know if it's trying to be a little artsy or whatever, which doesn't necessarily feel right for this movie. I don't think it's an artsy movie, but like it should have just given you a little bit more of motive for why Sam Neill would succumb to the ship just randomly. Um, it, it just would have at least made that a little bit, I guess, more understanding. Whereas I think you're just kind of left with good Sam Neill, bad Sam Neill. And just at some point he arbitrarily flips the switch and there's no motive there, which kind of yeah. sucks. And he wasn't really uh, forthcoming of what he was seeing for some reason. Right. You know, and I know he wanted to, it was his, invention his baby you know it was not something that he wanted destroyed um i get that but i feel like again you make a stronger connection to his wife being there yeah call it they called out to him they sent a message to him because they knew he would bring more people or bring the ship to earth or something yeah um to kill more i guess (laughs) that what the hell dimension wants i don't know we don't know what it wants (laughs) All right, what is your casting change for this movie then? So I liked most of the cast, actually. I thought they fit uh, fit what they were going for. Um, I liked Sam as the bad guy. I liked Larry as the captain, although I did not like his weird seat. Oh, my had. God, I meant to say something about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was okay if he had a seat, if everybody else had a seat, but the right. other people just had little rolly chairs or spinny chairs, and he yeah. had his little uh, thing that his legs were tucked in and <laughs> and he he looked he looked silly in his uh, and it would like wobble it would wobble it wasn't it, even like it it stood still it just like kind of wiggled everyone so i was like okay come on Somebody and i just really like this idea and i couldn't wrap my head around the why I was right like, okay in space maybe and, and i'm trying to I'm trying to figure out the why and then but i go but everybody else is on the ground yeah you know nobody else is, is hanging around and so that so but he did it well he hung in his hanging seat well for for what he did. Um, so I, I ended up pulling out uh, Jason Isaacs. Um, uh, who's I, he? He is the medical doctor. He's okay. the bad guy in The Patriot. Yep. Um, to me, he's a bad guy. Uh, I have typecasted him in my brain as a villain and not a medical doctor. And so... Fair or not, that's that's in my brain of you are the one who would be evil and should only be cast as a villain, and that's just where you should be, in my personal opinion. So that's why I got him out, and I was trying to think of who could be a passable 
medical doctor in 1997. And for two reasons, I picked this person because it saves another movie as well. And I picked George Clooney. Okay. So not only, it saves two movies, actually. Uh, One, he is no longer Batman. Okay. Because that's also released in 1997. And then two, the sphere is not made. Which is kind of like this, but but worse, right? So it's it it helped the era better to have him as the doctor in this. Okay, yeah, I I will agree with everything you said about that guy. As soon as I saw him, like, oh, he's gonna be a bad guy later on because he's he's just typecast as a bad guy, um, and he should be. Yeah, so I'm not sure I would have gone. Um, gone Clooney I guess I I feel like he uh is is he in sphere yeah are you sure sure. no I'm not now that you said that I don't think he's in because I I mean I I did a little research on sphere for reasons that we will find out later but um I don't I don't think he's in that nope that's my mistake George Clooney is not in sphere Okay, so you don't, I mean, you still save Batman. It was Batman, and then as I was saying Batman in my head, I saw a cover of Sphere, and I put George Clooney in there. (laughs) Instead of Dustin Hoffman? I guess. (laughs) Okay. I mean, yeah, the bad guy didn't end up being the bad guy. I could see that. I feel like Clooney was probably a little too big to take a side role here in that spot, but, I mean, it's your casting. If you can... If in 1997 you could convince superstar George Clooney to go take a uh, third-tier role behind Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill, then more power to you. It'd make the movie better if Uh, George Clooney was in it. uh, Yes, I mean, you can't really argue that, but I'm not sure that that character, no matter who you put in there, would would, would make the movie better. Who would you go with? I went with... So, Jolie Richardson, who's one of the survivors at the end, she's the blonde-haired one. Yep. Um, the first split second she popped up on the screen, I thought she was Laura Dern. <laughs> and I knew better than that. I was like, well, I don't think they're in that movie together. But then I was like, well, she did fine, but, you know, why not have a Jurassic Park reunion on Event Horizon, right? And just put Laura Dern in there. I don't like that. I don't like that swap. I felt like everybody was inconsequential to change with the exception of Sam Neill or Lawrence Fishburne. And I actually didn't really have a problem with either of them. I mean, I don't think Fishburne was like great, but he fit with what was going on. And then Sam Neill was fine because especially when you're trying to find that guy who can be good, but then also go bad. So I was left tinkering with the rest of the cast and just went back to my first reaction, which was like, Oh, I thought that was Laura Dern for a second. So I don't think it would have added anything to the movie other than, Oh, Hey, we're reuniting Jurassic Park people. That's a good enough as any reason for this movie. You know what I was picturing in George Clooney? Solaris. Solaris. I actually almost said that a little bit ago, that I thought that's what you were picturing. That's that's the the box that I had in my head. And I was like, oh, is is that Sphere? That's not Sphere. That's Solaris. That's him as an astronaut. It's an honest mistake. When we're talking really mediocre space movies, um, it's easy to get them mixed up. Is Sphere a space movie? Uh, No, it's not. But yeah. I could see why people would associate that in like that same. Because I mean, here's my thing. Uh, I mean, NASA simulates space by going underwater, and like the abyss. If that was in space, I mean, 
you, you could make the abyss in space. Like I, at some point, I'm saying like if you're making an underwater movie, like it's basically a space movie but underwater and a space. You know what I'm saying? Like because they have suits, suits well, and weird creatures, suits and the doors with all the latches, and you're usually locked into some either a ship or a facility or something like that. They just it all anti gravity. Yeah, it all feels very much the same. I can, I can get along with that. Yeah. You're, you're bailing me out of my, my George Clooney <laughs> sphere. I appreciate it. Um, but no, oh. I, I actually thought she was going to have a, a bigger role in the movie I did than too. she did. And uh, she kind of disappeared. Yeah. But, all right. But no, okay, I guess. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't like the choice. I, don't think, I liked her in it. I, didn't, I don't okay. think I liked Laura Dern as That's much fine. as you may. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not really big on Laura Dern. It just seemed to fit. So what uh what award did you give this? Uh you've alluded to this uh indirectly, but I'm kind of being a smart ass, but I'm saying it's the best Hellraiser movie. It is. It is yeah. the best Hellraiser movie. Right. I mean that's what it should have been. I mean it's basically Jason X for Hellraiser, but better. But better, yeah. And that's I wish Hellraisers were on this level, and unfortunately they're not. They're yeah. really bad. They're really bad. And they I are eight, I own eight of them. Ugh. I've only seen like one and a half, and that was plenty. Well, I don't know which one you saw, but they get worse. <laughs> Whichever one you started with, they yeah. get worse. Okay. Yeah. It's, they're not good. And, and I hate it because I feel like somebody can do something good with this with this concept. Yeah. And, and I've talked at, at nauseum about that in the past, so I'll stop there. All right. But you are going to hate, hate my my award. Right. Well, more than I've alluded to it. Rating. Kind of uh, alluded to it earlier, though. Um, not saying the best, so let's let's clear that out. Okay. All right. Get that out of your mind. Okay. Saying it's the most terrifying space movie. No. No. Well, I know you don't agree with that, but it is nope. to me. That's. I I feel like that's absurd. Take Alien out of the equation. What other space movie is scarier than this? Uh, I would have to actually do some legit research on that because uh, I can't, I, I can't come up with space horror <laughs> movies off the top of my head. It's not space truckers. That's <laughs> I like. I thought Sunshine was scarier. That's one that comes Sunshine? to mind. Uh huh. I've never even heard of Sunshine. Oh, well, you should watch it. What it's is good. that? Uh, it's got Killian Murphy. It is. Uh, gosh, what is the plot of that? I know they're supposed to go. Uh, near the sun for some reason. I don't know. Uh, it's been too long since I've seen it. I actually think I rewatched it like five years ago. It's not great, but I I like it better than this, for sure. It's scary. Uh, yeah, it is. It, it's, it takes a different turn about midway through. Um, but I don't know. I'd have to do some research on that. Okay. That That's my award. All right. I feel like that's a low bar, but okay. <laughs> so if you liked this movie, what would you like? Uh, I actually, so I mentioned it earlier, I did some research. Uh, I went with Sphere because they came out, I think, within this, like, back-to-back years. I remember distinctly watching both of them when I was younger and distinctly not liking either of them. And a lot for the same reasons. Like, I feel like, and again, I don't think I've seen Sphere since theaters, but I remember thinking the idea was good, but the execution was not so good. Um, So I feel like, having said all that, that this feels like a direct comparison for that i feel like it was no i haven't seen it since theaters but i felt like this is a worst event horizon sphere came out yeah oh well i mean that would make sense in the sense though that like you liked event horizon and i didn't but 
I mean, so if I thought Event Horizon sucked and I think Sphere sucks, then that at least we're kind of saying the same thing, but for two different reasons. I feel like Sphere was more like Arrival. Oh man, I don't know. I would have to go back and rewatch like, it. Like it was more of a sciencey movie than like anything of substance. Could like, be. Like there, were, like there, it wasn't scary or it wasn't adventurous. It was just oh, this sphere does something. I don't remember even what it does, but it felt like more of a an arrival type movie. Uh, very well could be. It's been too long since I've seen it. I just know that those two have always been um, joined at the hip in my mind. Yeah, agreed. And that was lesser of the two. Oh, so that's interesting. Sphere is a space and water movie because it says yeah, I'm, it I'm reading the space. Yeah, it? yeah. So I mean, I guess you could argue that's kind of what Abyss is too, right? I mean, the, uh, those aliens would have had to have gotten down there at some point. But you never saw space. You no, that's true. In Sphere. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Or Solaris. I don't know. Oh, and I'm seeing Huey Lewis was in Sphere. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, have to is check it? that out. <laughs> is that so, really interesting? <laughs> <laughs> so what uh what movie are you comparing this to? I went with Life. Oh, okay. With, uh not Eddie Murphy. The Venom prequel that wasn't. The the Venom prequel, yes. And uh that's with Jake Gyllenhaal and uh Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Disappointing and movie. So that makes sense. <laughs> it it actually I thought it was was done was done well. I thought there were some scary parts. I do think some of the CGI I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of took away from from the movie. But if you watch that movie with the mindset of this creature that they found is Venom, it's a much better movie. This is the Venom prequel. And I don't know why Sony didn't make that connection. I do know why, because it's Sony and they suck. But, <laughs> there you go. Uh, but uh, it that's the... I, I do enjoy that movie. I think it's a good movie. It's a good space movie. It's very much alien. So, I mean, I, I acknowledge the similarities to alien movie, but it's good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Give, yeah. it, a, give it a whirl. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that does it for Event Horizon. Carson, where can they find you on Twitter? At Carson Graff, G R A F F. And you can find me at, at @twoviewsgarrett g a r r e t t. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at, at @twoviewsmovies, or email us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, basically everywhere you listen. We are there. If you're on Apple, be sure to leave a review and let everybody know how much you love the show. Uh, we are making a bad habit of this. I have no idea what next episode is. Birds of prey. Oh, Margo. That is true. That's nice. next week, yeah. Awesome. I'm actually weirdly looking forward to that. I, I have no idea what to expect. I'm uh, very, very cautious. I don't well, like your boy Ewan as the bad guy. Well, I mean, cautious and skeptical should be synonymous with DC. They have not earned their reason and, to not be. And Harley Quinn, to me, is seems more like a, a side character. Right, not a lead. Not not that Margot can't be a lead character, but yep. like Harley Quinn, kind of like the Hulk, mm-hmm. shouldn't be a lead. He he should be a side character. That's just how it works. And I don't know how much that I'm going to enjoy Harley being Harley the entire movie. Yeah. So the, I'm, I, I want I want to like it. I'm, I'm hoping that it's good. But uh, those are my concerns going in. Yep, and they are certainly well founded. I mean, I think that 
they just did a good job of casting Margot, and she stole the show in Suicide Squad, and yeah, now awesome. they just got to run with it. And they might be trying to put a square peg in a round hole, but I mean, they don't know up from down right now, so they're just trying to figure it all out. It is rated R, right? I believe so. Yeah, they at least get that part right. Yeah. So that's good. And I'd like to this this drops on Tuesday, so I'd like to congratulate the uh, Kansas City Chiefs on a Super Bowl victory. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> You're insane. Uh, I, you got to put it out there, right? Uh, all right. With that said, let's hope that uh, there's a happy Two Views movies next week. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both.